0: Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Get, get, get ready, get ready, ready to rumble? Ready? Chips! up the Ready? 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 for this <laughs> <I> <laughs> like some more Ja, hallo und willkommen zur zweiten Folge oder Diva zwei vor Taxi or as we like to say in the UK, two. Um, welcome to the second episode of the Untitled Hockey Podcast, just because I'm still trying to figure out what to call it at this precise moment in time. Um, not really much to report in the way of hockey news, in truth, or scores at least in games, Apart from the Belarus League, who seem to have found a way to play through this coronavirus. But anyhow, um, in this, I say unscripted, um, episode of things, we're going to have a look at the standings in the Elite League, in the British side of things. We'll also have a look at the DEL German League. Uh, What else have we got? Oh, the Czech League and also we'll have a a little look at what happened in the NHL and what is to come. So, let's start near to home and the British Elite League. Um, Well, the announcement was made this past week that Cardiff was going to get the Champions Hockey League place. Um, I'll I'll start from the off and just say I have not watched a single second of the British Elite League this year. um for reasons I will not go into. i'll a lot know why, um, but that's for another time. As we know that took place this season already, Sheffield won what was the challenge cup? and beat Cardiff in their backyard. Uh, So, it looks, you'd say, more likely they're probably going to get the Continental Cup spot. Meanwhile, for next season, due to, obviously, no hockey taking place since the big, massive coronavirus epidemic, um, pretty much all the leagues have cancelled for the rest of the season now. But looking at the Elite League standings as I have them. Oh, let's work our way down, we've we've started with Cardiff so we might as well kind of move on from there. Um, top of the pile was Cardiff on 64 points. A point behind was the Sheffield Steelers who it looked on paper as uh, Sheffield were probably the, the stronger of the two. Um, it, from the outside view, Cardiff look like a team that haven't been on it as much this season as opposed to, say, the last couple of years at least. Um, Even when they... Last season, they looked a far better side than this year because um, they, they just seem to look a lot better, I suppose you can say. Um, but, yeah... As it was. The devils finished top of the very small half well it's not half, is it? It's shortened season is the word I'm looking for. So Cardiff was top, Sheffield was second, in third was the surprise package of the season and the Coventry Blaze. Though in the grand scheme of the elite league, um can you really consider Coventry as a surprise package? Uh, I don't know, uh, but they had a really great season. Uh, they only finished four points—sorry, three points—behind that of Cardiff, and two behind Sheffield. Um, so, and for, for a side that's been languishing, either towards the well, uh, scraping for a playoff spot the last few years. Uh, It's an incredible job done down there by uh, Danny Stewart. Moving to fourth, we've got the the Belfast Giants, who are very much similar to Cardiff, I thought, in the fact that they've had better years. But the only difference is Cardiff were actually challenging for the top um, and reached kind of the, the Challenge Cup final. Belfast just looked very patchy to me. Uh, they'd either go on a, a long losing streak, or they'd go on a, a bit of a winning streak. So they were, I suppose you could say they were a streaky side, in a in a manner of speaking. Um, fifth place, and falling just outside of the Europa League, is the Nottingham Panthers on 58 points, to which, once again, not the best season for the Panthers, but They did seem to have a a bit of a a resurgence when former Iceberg Berlin player Julian Talbot joined the side, Um, to which the Panthers looked a very they looked disjointed for most of the season. I mean, last year they completely capitulated, Um, and this year they've they kind of started dodgy with like. Tim Wallace as the new coach from the, the Milton Keynes Lightning. Um, and then once he managed to get his feet under the table, so to speak, they did improve Nottingham. I don't think there's any disputing that. Because uh, they were practically down kind of like in eighth place at one time or, or ninth, but in truth, they were never going to stay at that point. Um, but yeah, the the signing of Talbot for for me did kind of boost the Panthers um, play and points and everything that goes with it, but I could be a bit biased. In 6th place, a side that I expected more from after the last couple of seasons, uh, that was the Guildford Flames. Um, yeah, I don't really know what happened with Guildford this year, in, in fairness, um. I kept waiting for him to go on like a bit of a a run and it never really seemed to to pindle upon catch fire. Um, but the Flames, I suppose from an outsider, outside of the arena team's view, Six is probably a very good place for him um, to kind of finish things because it's kind of Outside the well-established arena teams. Um, But yeah, I kind of expected more from Guildford, truth be told. But saying that this is all... I mean, they, They could easily have gone on a bit of a run towards the end of the season, but due to it being cut short, we'll never know. In seventh was the Glasgow clan. I think the only I don't think there's three words I can use for for clan. What the hell is probably what I would use. Um, from a team that was top of the table for at this pretty much the first half of the season. In truth, and looking every bit kind of like a a side looking on the the title front what the hell happened they just went in a complete and utter freefall and went from first they did at one point go down to I think ninth and then went back up again um, so I have absolutely no clue what happened with with the, with the clan this year uh, they seem to have a decent team so it's it wasn't like it was a, a kind of like a, a mishmash of players um but yeah it just seems a really weird season for the for the clan considering i i think i'd written a <laughs> probably put the curse on them but i think i'd written like a blog in I think it was just before the turn of the year saying how the the clan could easily well not easily but the clan could arguably be one of the the title contenders, and then all of a sudden they blow me. They, they fall away. Um. So, but then I've 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 had friends from and even people I, I follow on Twitter claiming it's been one of the worst seasons since kind of the former Cologne Sharks player John Tripp was the coach there. Uh, but I, that was completely different circumstances in truth Um, when Tripp took over he was practically left with little or no time to kind of put a decent side together Um, but this this one had Zach Fitzgerald and I think kind of Fitz he'll probably admit himself it's I don't think anyone expected him to have the kind of the collapse they did <clears throat> um but yeah it's just been a weird I think mean, Glasgow kinda of sums up the season for the <laughs> for the Elite League. Um you can be high up one minute and then be right back down the a few games later. Um but yeah, just baffling, baffling. Uh in eighth place, on the same points as the clan on forty one is uh the storm. Um, well, from people telling me that they are no longer a a team of goons, um, the only clips I've seen of Manchester this season has literally been either players scrapping or it's been kind of like a few players getting suspensions, um... So on that side of things, I can't really. Like it's kind of expected from 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 how I've kind of portrayed them, um. But then, sort of, you'd probably say there's only been. I don't know. They've they've kind of been consistently down towards that end of the table, um. So they've from. Reading kind of like hockey journalists and experts, they've they've said they've done a, a great job with what Finity's got in the way of like money and um kind of like the plays he's brought in and sort of like how he's got the team going. So I can only go off what others have said and apparently it's been a good year for him, but um I can't really comment, so I will quickly move on from that before I get complaints from certain faces and factions. The Dundee Stars. It seem to be a thing of three teams all kind of in and around down there this year. Uh, that being kind of Manchester, Dundee and Fife. Um... Dundee seem to have this ability of kind of winning a few games and then going on like a bit of a hot streak and then not going on one. And then a bit. it was a bit like Belfast. They'd hit form and then they wouldn't hit form and they were just up and down at times. Um, but they finished on 39 points and finished what would have been outside the playoff places had it actually... Took place, however, the cellar dwellers this season was the Fife Flyers, and a, a year to forget if you're a Flyers fan. Um, yeah, it's it started horribly and, and then kind of just got worse, really. Um, because I think they won. I think it was either just after Boxing Day, or just prior to Christmas. They faced Manchester, and it was kind of a similar vein as Glasgow as well. Both teams had beat Manchester in overtime at Altringham. Um And then both the, the sides seemed to just go on these massive, long losing streaks. Um, except the fact that Fife seemed to go on for a lot longer um than than the actually wanted it to. Um so yeah. So I think it was Dundee they they edged out to finally overcome their um losing streak. Again, memory's not that great. Um so I'm I'm kind of basing this off very, very Small bits of grey matter. Um, But yeah, the what I should have done before I started this podcast was get a friend to inform me of how he would describe this season. So that was the British league, or the top flight at least. So we'll move to the Deutsch. Well, not the Dutch the German League, I should say. It's technically the so. same. So looking at the table, and it was you could arguably say the German League was a bit like the the British League in a couple of places. Um, top of the tree, unsurprisingly, was Red Bull's Munich, who have been up there ever since they were taken over by the the Energy Drinks Company a few years ago. Um, so, they finished on 108 points, but by no means was it an, a kind of all-mighty and conquering season by the, the Red Bulls. Um, Mannheim finished in second on 102 points. uh Arguably you could say the same as Sheffield, um, but you'd, but obviously Sheffield were much kind of stronger in their own domestic league as opposed to Mannheim, um, they were saying that 102 points compared to what Sheffield finished up, but that's but really splitting hairs with that, but um, and then much like the elite league had coventry as the surprise package you had the straubing tigers and as my friend in germany lucas who no doubt will probably be listening to this and guten uh, abend they were probably the the coventry blaze of the of the german league sorry um in the fact that no one really gave them much of a I hope of finishing kind of like... Or challenging up towards the top. Um, I mean, they did have a, a good run towards the back end of last season. Um, Until they met Berlin. Just thought I'd get that in there, Lucas. Um, but yeah, Straubing had a really great season. It was, it, it's no, no getting away from that. Uh, the, the Tigers... I think chatting to a one or two German friends of mine and I have a couple uh, we were kind of discussing strobing at the start of the season in the fact that they hadn't lost a game in in regulation I think they'd gone pretty much like for, I think they'd gone like a month and they hadn't lost in regulation, if they had lost it was in overtime or a penalty shootout so they just seem to have this knack of Either winning games or just chipping and getting a point from games that either they had no rights to win or they didn't really deserve anything from. But, you know, credit to the Tigers. They did a very impressive job this year, has to be said. In fourth place is my German side in Iceberg and Berlin. Um, yeah. A, a really weird season for Berlin, in truth. Um, <coughs> in in the fact that we seem to struggle with with the goal, with the net minding things at times, because we'd we'd brought in Sebastian Dam from, um, I think it was Isahan Roosters, um, the Danish national goalie. So. I wasn't particularly I don't think I've gone on record I said I was never particularly impressed with his performances in goal for Berlin albeit he picked up a couple of shutouts but compared to kind of last season in Kevin Poulan Poulan didn't exactly fill me with confidence watching him last year either I, I thought he was a bit of a weak goalie at times but that said, he was a far better goalie than than Dan was. Um, but then we had kind of. Um, I'm trying to think who we had now. Oh, we had Marvin uh, Cooper. Um, but he was he was mostly down in Weisswasser for a, a time. Um, but then when they brought in Justin Poggi. Uh, he really improved Berlin and made him a far, far more solid side um, Once he once he joined the Bears, or the Polar Bears Berlin really went places and went from kind of the outskirts of playoff contention to being in the thick of it and then rising up the standings so as much as the regular season wasn't the greatest for the for the Berliners, it was. It was still. We we had a bit of form. I'll put it that way, heading towards the playoffs. Um. I I think it's fair to say we wouldn't have won the uh, the league, as it was, but I think we could have maybe reached the semis or or pushed towards another final space or final spot. Sorry. Um but yeah it's I don't think it was ever going to be Berlin's name on the on the cup had it actually taken place this year. Um fifth place is Dusseldorf Metro Stars. Um they're another team that's kind of if I had to use a comparison with them and the elite league I would probably use, kind of, the uh, the Glasgow clan. To which I may use Glasgow clan a couple of times here. Uh, or five, depending on things. But, uh, Düsseldorf started off one of the stronger teams, along with Straubing. Um, so, I mean, they were impressive early on, Düsseldorf. And then, kind of, mid-season, kind of picked up a... Or just before the midway point kind of picked up a few losses and then just seemed to kind of start to see the, the wheels coming off so to speak towards finishing in the top four. Um, I mean it did kind of coincide with Berlin getting hot as well. Um, but yeah, overall Düsseldorf not a team. They're probably like a how can I describe them? They're probably a bit like a mixture between Coventry and Guildford in the fact that they are not a top side, so to speak, but they are not a bottom side. They're kind of like mid-table, but, but they can beat the very best teams because I think at one point they beat Red Bulls home and away, which isn't a, an easy thing to do because I think it was back-to-back games as well, so it made it even more impressive. Uh, in sixth place, on 84 points, a point behind Dusseldorf was the, depending how you want to call them, uh, either the Bremerhaven Penguins, or Penguins, or the Fishtown Penguins. So, there's not too much I can really say on Bremen because I I don't really recall them really doing much, so they kind of slipped into sixth place, a bit of a bit unnoticed really for me. Um, though they, they did have one game I think it was against Berlin where I think they scored with pretty much I think almost every shot um, in the first period to start with. It wasn't. It wasn't the. I just seem to remember sort of like being in town and my phone. I first, I thought it was kind of like a family emergency. The way my phone was constantly beeping. Um. It turned out it was just Bremerhaven going scoring a shed load of goals, keeping my family friendly rating going. Um. So they finished in sixth place. In seventh place was ERC Ingolstadt um yeah Ingolstadt and Straubing have kind of like the, the Bavarian rivalry besides Munich obviously um but Ingolstadt you would have, looking on paper you'd probably have put Ingolstadt where Straubing was and Straubing where ERC was um But the, I mean, them themselves had some good kind of patches in the season, but nothing really of of note that I can bring up. Though I'm, I'm sure, once again, my shrouding friend will probably say, "Oh, what about the game where we came back from the dead to beat them, and then scored in the final seconds in the in the derby." <clears throat> but um yeah i'm not going to include that because it was probably a fluke um eighth place in the nurnberg ice tigers and a bit of a worrying time for nurnberg at the moment with a lot of un- uncertainty especially with this virus at the moment um but yeah they they just really had a strange season um I think I've said everyone's had a strange season at one point. Um, but, yeah, N- Speaking to a, a German friend of mine, Luke, Lucas, um, we were talking about teams that go from kind of look to be titled contenders and then start to drop off a tiny bit. Um, Nuremberg was one team we, we kind of mentioned in the fact that a couple of years ago they were a really strong side and looked to be pressing for like a a title if such um but there's just for for one reason or another things haven't clicked and I I don't know if if I've made this up or not probably have but there's there's a rumor that uh, Thomas Sabo the the jewellers um he's I could be wrong in thinking that I'm, I read someone that he might be pulling the sponsorship from the club after this in inco- um, this coming season or next season. So they'll they'll need someone to be backing the the club at least. And the other thing is as well that I have a slight very slight soft spot for in in the Ice Tigers. Is the fact that their head coach was the former Manchester Storm coach in Kurt Klein endorsed when when we won trophies, so I'm always going to have a slight eye on how his teams are doing. And apart from when they play Berlin, then I just hope they get massacred. Um, but yeah, they they finished the same on eighty one points as Ingolstadt. Um. Teams in ninth and tenth, Grizzly, Gri, Grizzly Adams Wolfsburg or Grizzly Wolfsburg. Um, they finished on seventy four. Wolfs, Wolfsburg, Augsburg, Panther. Uh, they were on seventy two points and finished just in the playoff spots. Um, you could arguably say the Panthers had a bit of a. Had a bit of a, um, got us a bit sidetracked early on with the Champions Hockey League, but then you could arguably say that for, for Munich and Mannheim, really, but uh, Augsburg had that kind of couple of battles with Belfast, if you can remember that, far back again, um, at the start of the season. I mean, the, the game at the the, the SSE Arena, or I still like to call it the Odyssey, I would as much as it might annoy people, I I still have like a retro mind, so I will always refer to old arenas or certain things like that. Um, but yeah, Augsburger. Uh, it seemed to be a bit of a hangover after they were knocked out of the, the CHL. They never really kind of got going after that. In in fairness, um, but yeah, they they finished tenth. The bottom four sides that missed out, or would have missed out if the season had run, Cologne Sharks or Colnehalle, they had an absolute shocker from Christmas time (laughs) onwards. Absolute shocker. Um, Much in the way of Gilford, much in the way of Glasgow and Fife, in the fact that they seem to win. Either before or just after Christmas, and then didn't win in the whole of January. I think it took him to like mid February before they actually picked up a victory. Uh, I think it was against Wolfsburg, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, you can go on a losing streak, but their losing streak was like 18, 17, 18 games in a row. Um, and there was reports out of players were being threatened, that they were going to be attacked or killed by psychotic fans there due to how bad they were playing. I mean, it's, it's a, it was a scary time to be a player, um, but at the same time, they didn't really help themselves in, in the way they were playing. Um, towards the back end of the season the final couple of games, at least. Um, they managed to bring back their former coach in Uwe Kuh. Um The score of the 1996 Stanley Cup winning goal for the Colorado Avalanche. Plus, also a former Detroit Red Wing... Oh, no. What a Red Wing. I tell a lie. Colorado Avalanche, Quebec Nordiques. That's who I was thinking of. Um... So yeah, sorry. I just had a bit of a. I heard a noise, so I thought it was for for me. But um, yeah, so he rejoined the club for the second term. His hometown club, seeing as him is a Cologne person, um, yeah. The the I think that they lost the first game, but then his second game picked up the win, and from there onwards. Cologne looked like they had a very slim chance of making the playoffs, but unfortunately for them, uh, they didn't. Um, so, yeah. But I, I kind of fully expect Cologne next season to, to come back a lot stronger. Uh, probably not in the top four, but definitely a much improved season from, from this one. Um The side below was from another side from within that area of Germany and that was in the Krefeld Penguins, Um, I mean they've had a, it's hard to describe Krefeld. They're a team that's lower end but they'll pick up like little, they kind of remind me slightly of Stoke on, on on a lesser scale um I mean they're a they're a very battling team I, I I kind of enjoy their fans and they've been a they were a good bunch when I went there a couple of years ago, but then they've had like financial problems with like ownership and at one point they were saying the club was possibly going to go out of business and then there's been a whole owner leaving and someone might take over to get his shares and it's been a really, really scrappy kind of. I mean, it's an uncertain time for everyone, but for for Kreifeld, it's really un. It's a really kind of awkward one for for Kreifeld at the moment. Um, but they finished on fifty-two points. In thirteenth was Aisha Hon, or Aishaurn, um, on fifty-one points, um. Yeah. I mean they they're a team that's either going to be in the lower reaches of the playoffs or falling outside of the playoffs. It's not really a a team you kind of expect to be high up in the in the standings but um yeah not much too much I can really comment on them in fairness. For the bottom place team was the Schwenninger Wild Wings, who finished on 43, 45 points. Can't read my writing. Um, They started the season under the leadership, or coaching leadership at least, of Tomo. Um, But after not getting the the results that the German side wanted or needed, uh, he was eventually moved aside um in fairness they didn't really pick up once he left, in truth. I mean they picked up a few wins, but they didn't really do too much after that. Um But yeah, that's that's the uh I say brief. That's a little look back at the German league. Um and when we Come back, we will have a look at the Czech and the NHL. All right, listen up. Today, I want to talk about giving 110%. Giving 100% means giving everything you got, giving 110% means giving 10% more than is humanly possible. If we're going to win as a team, we need 100% of you guys giving 110% 100% of the time. If only 50% of you guys give 110%, and 50% of you guys give 100%, I guarantee you 100%, we'd only win 50% of our games. Suppose 75% of the 110% gave only 50%, and 50% of the 100% gave 25%, and 75% of the 110% were not feeling 100%, then we'd be in a heap of trouble. That's why we need 100% of you guys giving 110%, 100% of the time. Okay, let's go out and play some hockey. Next, we will move on to the Czech Extra League, to which I managed to catch a couple of games while I was out there a few weeks ago. So we will look down the table, So, in first place was Liberet. Um, They finished on 102 points to finish top of the Czech regular season, at least. Um, Second place was Trinet, or Trinek, depending how you want to call it. They finished on 93 points. In third place was Sparta Prague, who I kind of expected more from, in fairness. From what I'd seen. Um, But, yeah. Uh, There you go. Um, As you can see, I'm not the massive connoisseur of Czech hockey as you might think I am. But, you know. I watched a few games, eventually. Um, They were the top of... Three teams that finished on ninety-two points. Because in fourth you had Maida Boleslav. they finished in fourth place. In fifth place was Plazen, or uh, Sixth place was Kometa Berno. Seventh place was Olomouc. Eighth place was i he- I'm trying to think. HK Mountfield. It's probably wrong initials, but hey ho. They finished on seventy four points in ninth place was Karlovy Vary. They finished on seventy one in tenth place was Zeline, to which I did manage to see them against Sparta Prague. Um, to say the Rams, to say the Rams were very poor in that game would be one of the biggest understatements I think I may ever say on this podcast uh, They were shocking I have seen more I can't say they didn't try but obviously they seem to go into the game with they didn't want to get any injuries um, and Sparta had their wicked way with them is the, the nicest way I can put it in 11th place was a or a actually uh, they finished on 64 in 12th place was Litvinov on 63 points 67 was Vidkovicca and in 60 points and bottom of the tree and I stand to be corrected on this. Cladno uh finished on sixty, bottom of the table, and relegated on the final day of the regular season. Um Cladno was a side I kind of begin to have a bit of a following towards in the in the back end of things. Um nothing to do with the fact that the Rona was Yarame Yaga. Um but while I was out in Prague, I did manage to catch the Kladno-Sparta game. And in in that one, I think it was the third from last game of the season. Uh, or fourth, sorry. Um, they faced Sparta and Kladno hadn't won, I think, in eight games. Something, something like that. And, and the game against Sparta, uh, you would not have known that they hadn't won in eight games. Um, despite Despite the fact they had arguably the worst power play I think I've seen since it could easily be going as far back as the old Phoenix days. Um, they were terrible on the power play. Um, but as it as it was, they, they managed to pick up the win um, against Sparta, but the fine they beat they then had to go to Cometa Berno. No one expected him to kind of beat Burno no one expected him to beat Sparta but they had to beat three of the two or three of the top teams just to kind of keep their survival hopes alive and I mean they did fair play to him I mean they beat Burno in Burno after they'd beat Sparta at home um and then the the final game saw him against Litvinov um to which, heading into that final game, saw three teams that could have gone down. Um, Padovica, Litvinov and Kladno all went into the game knowing that, in fairness though, it was going to be Litvinov or Kladno that went down. Um, Padovica only had to kind of pick up a point or get a better result in Litvinov or equal and they were going to stay up. Um, the Kladno-Litvinov game in Litvinov uh, I think you could possibly say Kladno ran themselves out of steam towards the end. um, Because they, they battled so hard towards the back end of the season but it just seemed to be a bit late in the day for him to actually have stayed up um so what this what this means now for for Yaga? because he's i think he said he wants to play till he's a certain age i think it's 40 or something like that so or f- whatever he is so he wants to at least try and rival that uh so he's i think he's got two or three years left if he wants to accomplish that so he, he could always do it in the chance League next year Sit, try and get the team back into the, the actual league, but it's it's going to be a, a tough job. Moving over the pond to the NHL and we see which should we do first? We'll do the West, because West is best. Apart from the the NHL, because then it's East. Um, So, the Blues, the Stanley Cup champions, they lead the Western Conference, or they led the Western Conference, on 94 points, ahead of the Colorado Avalanche in 92 points. Um, The Vegas Golden Knights were third in 86 points, Uh, then we had the Edmonton Oilers finishing on 83 points, one point ahead of their Oil Brothers, so to speak, in the Dallas Stars. Two points removed from that was the Winnipeg Jets on 80 points, point less you had the Calgary Flames who started quite hot to, again, pardon the pun, uh, they started the season quite hot and seemed to just lose their way a bit during the season and finishing in the final playoff spot due to one of the Wildcats or would it have been the Wildcats? Yes in the Wildcats was the Vancouver Canucks who finished on 78 points. A uh, special mention has to go to the Nashville Predators who finished on the same points as the Nashville Predators in 78. And then you had the Minnesota Wild who gave it a battling go as they finished on 77. So it was mm-hmm. a very close finish towards the the playoffs for them. And it was and as my notes that I've written uh, in the west side of things, at least. Apparently, it was the first time that since the NHL adopted the West slash Eastern Conference demographic, uh, that all Canadian sides in the West had qualified for the playoffs. So, so that would have been the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets. Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks. So, sadly, it may all count for nothing. But, as we stand, we will have to wait till April before anything kind of takes shape. Moving over to the eastern side of things, and the team of the NHL was the Boston Bruins who hit the 100 points. ...and became the centurions of the league. They were closely followed by a team that they've kind of developed a, a bit of a hated heated rivalry with... ...in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they finished on 92 points. Following closely behind on 90 was the Washington Capitals. The Philadelphia Flyers flew in on 89 points... Ahead of their Pennsylvanian brethren in um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then it was a tie between three teams that all would have qualified. Uh, That being the Carolina Hurricanes, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. All finishing on 81 points. Um... The two sides that missed out, that were at least within contention, as the, as it stands at this point, depending what happens, uh, they were the two New York sides, in the Islanders and my second team, the New York Rangers. Um, with the Isles on eighty points and the the Rangers on seventy nine, um, and another stat that I've pulled off that it is the first time since 1965-66 NHL season that no Tri-State team has ever made it to the playoffs. So, no New York Rangers, no New York Islanders, no Buffalo Sabres, being as Buffalo, New York, and also no New Jersey Devils. So... There's a stat for you. I'm just full of wonderful stats. Um, but we just could be I've had nothing else to do and I've just pulled off little st- statistics. So, that's your, uh, your kind of roundup for certain leagues, or ones that I follow at least. Um, other than that, there's not really too much I can talk about uh so i will probably leave that hanging like a dirty smell yes um i don't know i'm basically amusing myself but not in that way uh so for this episode at least i will draw it to a close the next episode i'm looking at looking at gull horns. um so, if anyone has any favourite goal horns, or if they have a... We'll open it up. If anyone has, like, a top three goal horns, uh, we will either try to give them a play, if I'm allowed to, uh, otherwise we'll just look at certain ones and see how it goes. I've not fully thought about it, but, you know, we, that's the, uh, the intended plan. But for now at least, thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully it was better than the last one, but it just couldn't have been worse than the first one, in, in all fairness. Seeing as it was so long ago, but as it is. So, once again, thank you for listening. Oh, and if anyone has any idea for a good name for the podcast, I would be very much obliged to uh, listen to your thoughts. As long as they're family friendly. Um, But, yes. So, from me, Peter Brads, thank you for listening. I would say enjoy your hockey, but there is really nothing. So, enjoy watching repeats of hockey or playing NHL. So, from now, I bid you adieu. Let's go out and play some hockey.